Look please in Galatians, the third chapter. We've been on Friday nights for some time now, when I've been with you, on this subject of being redeemed. Hallelujah. Redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 6, Galatians 3, 6, even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know you therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Is that you? You are the children of Abraham. Somebody said out loud, I am of faith. So I am a child of Abraham. You're of the seed of Abraham. You are a descendant. No matter what your natural lineage is, spiritually you are. He said, uh, the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, that was also us, the heathen. <laughs> so, well, something major happened here, right? Because we, we went from heathen to seed of Abraham. <laughs> Woo! Took something to make that happen. His name is Jesus. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, he preached before the gospel. Now this is an eye-opening phrase. He preached the gospel to Abraham. You might say, well, the gospel wasn't available in Abraham's time. Well, I reckon you're wrong because it said, right, they preached the gospel. What does gospel mean? Good news. And what the Bible is referring to that Abraham heard is inseparable from what we preach as the gospel and what Jesus has done today. They're tied together. But notice what here the gospel is called, or I should say what is called the gospel. He preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, and here's a quote directly from God, in you, Abraham, shall all nations, what? Be blessed. Now as we've gone into great detail, the blessing is a very big deal. Always has been. Always will be. You know, to hear some people talk, everything that's in the Old Testament is passe and gone and can be forgotten. And boy, that is a giant Giant mistake. Let me just review a little bit. Tell you what's the same today as it was when Abraham was alive. God. <laughs> the devil. Truth. Lies. Good. Evil. Life. Death. Obedience. Disobedience, submission, rebellion, curse, and blessing. It's the same. We went into details showing that blessing and curse extend beyond this life. They extend beyond anything you want to see in this book. Hell is the curse. 
Heaven is the blessing. Amen. It existed before the law, during the law, during the church, during the age of grace, and it will exist past everything that has to do with this earth. What has changed is not God, not the devil, not lies, not truth, not even blessing and curse. What has changed is our access to the blessing. What has changed is our covenant with God. Hallelujah. They were made qualified for the blessing and delivered from the curse by obedience to the law. That is not how it works for us. We're made qualified for the blessing and delivered from the curse by the obedience of faith. That's a term in the, in the New Testament. By the obedience of faith. What does that mean? Well, it's not a matter of keeping the law or the Ten Commandments. It's a matter of walking by faith and being led by the Spirit. And if you're led by the Spirit, the Scripture says you're not under the law. Doesn't mean you're not under anything. You're led by the Spirit. And if you're led by the Spirit, you won't do the things the law was given to curb. Nobody ever lied at the leading of the Spirit. Nobody ever stole by the Spirit's prompting. Now the Spirit of God's going to prompt you, don't steal. Because he's the author of the book. He's not going to contradict what he said in there. Keep reading. It said, so then, well, he said, the gospel that was preached to Abraham is this. In you shall all nations be what? Blessed. So you really can't talk about the gospel if you don't talk about the blessing. You really can't. I know a lot of people might not like that statement, but am I reading New Testament? All right, well, let's stay with it. Verse 9, so then, they which be of faith, who's that? You, you told me a couple of verses ago that was you. Is that right? They which be of faith are what? Blessed with faithful Abraham. Somebody said out loud, I am. A believer. a believer. That's the same as saying you're of faith. Then you say also, I am, I am. A child of Abraham. A child of Abraham. And so what else are you? I am, I am. Blessed, blessed with faithful with Abraham. Faith. Now, for the most part, I think much of the church is woefully ignorant of what it even means to be blessed. I mean, if we just stop right now, you say, I'm blessed. What does that mean? Really? And not just somebody's varied opinion. What does the word say? What exactly is blessed? Did somebody ask that? What exactly is blessed? I'm glad you asked. Because we're going <laughs> to. What exactly is it? It has been reduced. To a response to a sneeze. God bless you. What does that mean? What does that mean? Are you releasing blessing when you say that to them? 
with most people know it's just a saying, it's just a catchphrase. What is blessing? If you said, I am blessed, it's one of those words that it sounds good, people like it, but for the most part, don't know much about what it means. How many would like to find out more about what it, oh good, you asked that, okay, all right, (laughs) all right, praise God. He goes on to say, let's just skip down to verse uh, 13 for time's sake, Christ hath, that means he already has, redeemed, past tense, us, from what? This is another one of those words. A lot of folks would rejoice and say, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, sing about it, shout about it. But what does that mean? Redeemed from what? A lot of times that's the end of it. I'm redeemed. And people might say, from hell. Well, I think that's a true statement, but that's not exactly what this said. You're redeemed from what? Redeemed is the same word that would be used to purchase a slave's freedom. You've been, if an individual was a slave and somebody had the money and could buy their freedom and they paid the price, now the slave, the former slave, has been redeemed from slavery. Can you see that? Because somebody paid the price. Somebody redeemed them. That's exactly what this means. Well, were we in any kind of trouble? Were we any kind of slavery? Bondage? Oh, you better believe it. To sin and death. But we have been redeemed. And the instrument that allowed the sickness and death was violation of the law and the resulting curse. The blessing is wonderful. The curse is awful. But tell me the gospel. Can you see why he put this together? What's the good news in all? The blessing is wonderful. It's amazing. It's the best God has. It's life itself. In fact, the psalmist talked about the blessing being life forevermore. Another definition of blessing is life. What's the good news? We've been redeemed from that terrible curse. And he said he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. The Christ has, the anointed one, the Messiah. Being made, did it by being made a curse for us. And this is the same thing. He was never accursed as an individual any more than he was sick as an individual. Any more than he sinned as an individual. Come on, can you see this? And yet he became sin. He took our place and took our sicknesses. Again, substitution like we were talking about in the offering. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And that cross was made out of the parts of a tree. And that's not all. We're redeemed from the curse. That, or you could say, so that, what? Here's that word again. The bless, not not just blessing. The bless. We're redeemed from the curse of the law, so we could receive the blessing of Abraham. 
Hallelujah. So we need to add something to our confession. Say, I'm a believer. Therefore, I'm a child of Abraham. Therefore, I'm blessed. Therefore, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. That's what the word says. That's what it says. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He's done it, it's available. Now, here is the thing people might say, well, if, if he's done it, why are so many people experiencing so much of the curse? For exactly the same reason that there are so many people not yet born again. Why isn't everybody born again? Is it because it's not God's will for everybody to be born again? Now the Bible said he's not willing that any should perish. Why? It's because he has given man a completely free will. And you can choose what you believe, what you don't believe. You can choose what you receive, what you don't receive. And he will let you believe what you want to. He will let you reject him. He will let you reject everything he has done and given, even if it costs you your eternal future. He's not going to force anybody to do anything. So when people say God will make you do this or that, that is just a flat out lie. Now the devil will try to make you. <laughs> but uh, we have authority in Christ. You don't have to let him influence you. The curse, like we said, is still in the earth. That should be beyond dispute. Is there death on this planet? Is there cruelty? Is there stealing and killing and destroying? All the things we read about in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy, I mean the poverty, the pain, the disease, the, you know, uh, the oppression. Uh, is it still in the earth? Well, that's the curse. That's the curse. It's, and that's death. And the enemy is an outlaw. He doesn't have a right to rule over this planet from God. God didn't give that to him. And yet he's doing it. 2 Corinthians 4.4 refers to him as the God, little g, of this world. And you remember when he was tempting Jesus, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said, all this has been given to me. And I'll give it to you if you bow down and worship me. Somebody said, well, he was lying. Well, if he was lying about that, and he is a liar, don't misunderstand me. But if he was lying about that, then there would have been no temptation. The only way it could have been a temptation is that it was true. Well, all the kingdoms of the world under his control? That's why things are in such a mess. That's why there's so much pain and darkness and death. And yet people try to blame it on God on a regular basis. Try to say it's his will and plan. Well, who gave it to him? Man. The fall in Genesis. Adam and Eve. That's what happened. And the curse is still in the earth. Oh, but praise God, the blessing that the Lord released, it's still here too. <laughs> and what's required is that we believe that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and given us the blessing of Abraham, and we receive it Amen. by faith. And 
Do what the psalmist said on a regular basis. Let the redeemed of the Lord not just think about it, but say so. Say what? I am redeemed. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Now look with me in Leviticus again. And let's focus on one particular part of this. No, I'm not ready to go to Leviticus yet. (laughs) So if I'm not ready, you're not ready. So go to Genesis, please. In previous parts of this series, we went into some detail about things the blessing does. And it has to do with the nature of the blessing, what the blessing is, and what the blessing does. One of the first times you'll see it is in Genesis. And you don't have to read very far until you get to it. Have you ever noticed it? Genesis 1. That's like the first chapter. Genesis 1, 21. God created... Great whales. That's how they got there. (laughs) People say, you know, which came first? Chicken or the egg? Chicken. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) God created great whales. You know, think about what kind of being can create a whale. Or any of the animals. Or any of the trees or flowers. Uh, a lot of times men like to boast about our advanced technology. <laughs> We've never even gotten close to think about how to create things like this. Living things this complex. No. It requires a creator of such vast ability and understanding and knowledge. And aren't you thankful? You can call him Papa. We should, we should call him Big Papa. What do you think? Big, Big Papa. God created these great whales, every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and the winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. This completely contradicts the theory of evolution. You cannot believe both of these. I've heard people sometimes try to talk like they do. You, you can't. Because, you know, these creatures, different species, they did not all evolve from the same source. And that's why evolution is still referred to as a theory. It's unproven. Even though it's taught as fact, it is an unproven, unverified theory. And look what happened when God made all these things. Verse 22. And he did what? He did what? He he blessed them. Do you reckon this was important? He's made them. But now he didn't fill the earth with them. He made a male and a female. He made a pair. He made the beginning of them. And now for them to not only survive 
but for them to be fruitful and procreate and multiply, they need a power released on them and in them. And he calls it the blessing. Hallelujah. What is the blessing? It's power. It is life. And he said it was released through his words. He's speaking to the whales, to the fish, to the birds. And what did he say? Help me out. He said, be fruitful and what? And multiply and fill the waters. Now this is the thing that the Lord pointed out to me today was this word fill. Fill. Now you'll find, we're going to read it again here in just a moment, that in the King James it says replenish in a, a couple of subsequent places, uh, but really with my understanding of it, that's not exactly what the word says. It means fill. When I hear replenish, it makes me think of refill. But that's not exactly what it said. I like to stay with what it said. How about you? You study it for yourself. See what you think. But it means fill. Let me actually read some of the definition to you of the ones that I, I looked at. It means to fill to the full. And it also means to fill to overflowing. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> it, means, it means to fill to the full. And that's what he's saying here. Be fruitful. Be productive. And multiply. Multiply means two turns into billions. <laughs> now if you want to get those kind of numbers... You got to multiply. Is that right? Times two, times five, times ten, times a hundred, times a thousand. The blessing is the power that makes fruitful, it's the power that causes multiplication. Now, we're used to this, but this is a miracle of miracles that there used to be. Only two human beings on the planet. And now there's what? Seven, eight billion. And according to this, there used to be a couple of whales. And a couple of these kind of fish. And we have no idea how many fish are in the ocean. Or how many birds are in the air. And how'd they get here? God created them, but then he did something else. What did he do? He blessed them. He released it through the words of his mouth. It came out of him, and power went into them to make them fruitful and multiply them until they filled it up. He's a God who wants things full. And he doesn't even stop there. Have you read some of these verses? He wants things full. Full is his will. 
Empty is not his will. When you're talking about good things, empty is not his will. Full is his will. Blessing, among other things, is the power that makes full. Thank you, Lord. The power that makes you full of every good thing. Hallelujah. So if you say, I'm blessed, you just got through saying, I'm full. Actually, Paul used this language in that passage in Philippians 4 we referred to earlier. He said, I've received of Epaphroditus all the things you all sent me. I'm full. Somebody say full. 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 The blessing is the power that makes full. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe that? Now, now we see, we just got through talking about earlier. Why is this not manifesting for everybody? Not everybody believes it. And, and millions don't receive it. How about you? How about somebody say, I believe it. And I receive it. When you say, I'm blessed. The blessing of Abraham is in me and on me. When you say that, what else did you just get through saying? I am anointed, I am empowered to be productive and fruitful and to multiply and to be full and to fill things up with every good thing, right? Full of life, full of peace, full of joy, full of grace, full of faith, hallelujah, full. Somebody say full. 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 God's will is full. God's will is blessed. So God's will is full. These are some pretty big oceans we're talking about. Oh, they're big. They're big. And, And God says, be fruitful, multiply, and fill up this Pacific Ocean. Fill up this Atlantic Ocean. Fill them up. Woo. <laughs> Chapter 1 and verse 27. And this is in the Young's literal. Because again the others say replenish. But Young's literal doesn't say it that way. More accurate. Said God prepared the man in his image. In the image of God he prepared him. A male and a female he prepared them. Verse 28. And God did what? Bless did what? Reckon this is important. If it wasn't necessary, he wouldn't have done this. He blessed them. How did he bless them? He said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Now, there's lots of other things to talk about through here, but he uses the same language here. This is twice. He uses another time here in in Genesis. He uses it in Genesis 9. You'll see it with Abraham. You'll see it with Isaac. He uses it over and over. I mean the same exact words. Some half dozen times. Be fruitful. Multiply. And fill it up. Now we were talking about the great miracle of miracles. And that is. We're used to it. You You got to watch about just. You know, being jaded by things. But to take a kernel of corn 
For one thing, ain't nobody on the planet ever come close to creating a seed. Oh, they messed with them, but not creating one. Maybe messed them up. <laughs> but seeds are amazing. There have been seeds that have been found in archaeological diggings that are centuries and centuries and even thousands of years old, and they plant them and they grow. <laughs> now, not all of them would, but it, in this tiny little seed, this acorn, or whatever it may be, what is in there? Think about what God put in there. Every one of us, our bodies came from a tiny seed. Every one of us. What was in that seed? How'd God get it in there? Talk about micro, compact, and you can plant that seed in the ground and with no further involvement the seed knows what to do. The ground knows what to do. Is that right? Sunshine knows what to do. Water knows what to do. And you give it a little time and that little acorn can turn into a giant oak tree. Or that one kernel of corn can turn into scores of kernels that can also be planted and turn into thousands of kernels that can be planted and turn into millions of kernels from one seed. Why can that happen? Come on, help me out. Because there is blessing power in that seed. Glory to God. Is that a miracle or is that a miracle? We call it life, and that's true as well. But how and when did that life get in there? When God spoke to it, <laughs> is that right? He created all the plants, all the animals, us too, as vessels that would also create seed and that would reproduce. But apparently it needed to be activated. And the activation was voice actuated. <laughs> See, this is nothing new to God. He's been doing this a long, long time. What, what do you mean? He spoke into the plants, into the animals, into us, into everything. And he said, be fruitful to produce and multiply. And multiply until you fill it up. That's blessing power. Hallelujah. Now you know, like we said, there's billions of the human beings on the planet now. But do you understand, Jesus is called the seed? The seed. You remember that? And he is... He, he, he was called the only begotten, but now he's called the first begotten, hallelujah, of many brethren. You know what you and I are as believers? We are the results of the multiplication of the seed. And God's will 
is that we also are fruitful and multiply into other Christians. Many. And that they multiply into other Christians and not only fill up the world, he's got bigger plans than that. Who are you talking about? Well, I just, I don't know it all. So, but it's bigger. God's a big God. And all those that believe with him are going to rule and reign with him in his eternal kingdom forever. We all came from the one seed, Jesus. I mean, you remember the prophecy? Jesus said before he left, if a seed remains by itself, or it's alone, but if it dies, then it'll, it'll bring forth much. I'm paraphrasing, but it's got to die. Well, he's talking about himself. He was offered up as the seed, and he was planted. But then he was quickened. Yes. Yes. Just, like, just like you plant a seed. Yes. You know, you plant that seed. If you can see under the ground, it looks like it's dissolving and coming apart. Of course, he didn't see any corruption, but it's not the end of that seed. It will, uh, life will come out of it, and then it starts reaching up to the sky through the soil, and then it will develop and produce others like itself. Amen. Multiply. Multiply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now we know the power that's pushing it. What is it? The blessing that God released all those millennia ago is still working. Just like the sun's still shining and gravity's still going on. In fact, it'll still be working when this heaven and earth is passed away. He said, my word will never pass away. Oh, somebody say glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Well, there's a lot more, many more places, I should say, where you see this. It happened after the flood. Genesis 9, verse 1, Young's literal translation. God blessed Noah and his sons. Guess what he said to them? Be fruitful and multiply. And what? Fill. Fill the earth. Now, notice what he said here. I want want to keep reading. Down in verse 8, God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying this, I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. I establish my covenant. Now, you hear that phraseology, I establish my covenant. Verses after he said, be fruitful and multiply. If we had time, it's a good study if you want to do it on your own. The Lord said the very same thing to Abraham. I make my covenant between me and you. I will multiply you exceedingly. I'll make you exceeding fruitful. I'll establish my covenant. Did you hear the same language? That was what he said to Abraham. And Galatians, the Holy Spirit in Galatians called that the gospel. Called it the gospel. Well, that the creative power of God is in us and on us to enable us to be productive of amazingly good eternal things and to multiply 
and to fill up with every kind of good thing. Isn't that good news? Doesn't get any better. Go with me to Deuteronomy 8, or they'll put it on the, on the screen for us. Deuteronomy 18, we, we touched on that in previous sessions, but uh, this language will mean more to you now. How many remember what Proverbs 10, 22 said? The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it, the Amplified says, neither does toiling increase it. And that, that goes perfectly with Deuteronomy 8.17. What does the blessing of the Lord do? The blessing makes you rich, not your work. And money doesn't make you rich in God. And a bunch of things don't make you rich. And we shouldn't call a car, the blessing, or a house, the blessing. Because it's still just a car, right? It was the blessing that enabled us to get something. But the something we got is not the blessing. Can you see this, friend? In Deuteronomy 8, 17 in the Amplified, 8, 17 He said, beware, lest you say in your mind and heart, when God's added all these good things to you that he was talking about, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Don't say that. But verse 18, you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you what? Power to get the wealth. Now, why? That he may establish His covenant. Can you see what that goes back to? That goes back to uh, what he spoke over Adam and Eve. And his his creation. That goes back to what he said to Abraham. He said, uh, so God is manifesting his blessing in believers' lives when he's doing that. Empowering us. Enriching us. To be full of every good thing. He's keeping his word. To Abraham. Can you see that? He's establishing his covenant. And what was the gospel? I'll bless you. I'll make you a blessing. In you shall all nations be blessed. What is blessed? Be fruitful. Multiply. And fill it up. Go to Exodus please. Exodus 23, 25. If you don't have this marked, you ought to mark it. He said, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will what? He'll do what? Who's going to do it? He will. Why? Because you're serving him. Now, somebody said, well, that that doesn't apply to us because this is not through obedience. It certainly is, but not just obedience to keeping the law. It's obedience to live and walk in faith. And we'll see how that it ties into this. He will bless what? Your bread and your water. He'll do what? Bless your bread and water. And I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. 
And there shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in your land. And the number of your days I will fulfill is the same word translated fill or fill up. (laughs) And it started off with bless. Listen to the NIV. And this is accurate as far as I can tell. Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. What are you putting on your food? We need more than salt or hot sauce. Or, now you're laughing, but God's will is to add something to your food and drink. Is this real or not? If you believe in him, trust in him, serve him. And and again, this is, uh, and you can see the subtlety of the enemy through the previous generations. This, you know, many generations ago, some people understood some of this. Even in the early days of the church, some people understood some of this. But now, with many even church-going people, what does it mean to say, let's bless the food? Somebody bless the food. What does that mean to a lot of people? Do they actually believe that blessing is being released on what they're eating and drinking that can affect zero sickness and longevity? No. Which means you don't believe it and you're not receiving it. You're not believing anything along that line. You're not receiving anything along that line. So you won't get any benefit any more than an unbeliever would. I mean, it's great to say, thank you, Lord, for the food. But he had something much bigger in mind. (laughs) Much bigger. Hold your place in Exodus. Put on the screen for us 1 Timothy 4 and 4. Now, you would notice 1 Timothy is in the New Testament. 1 Timothy 4 and 4. He said, uh, every creation of God is good, and nothing, he's talking about food, nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. That's not the end. For it is what? Sanctified. Something happens when you pray By what? By the Word of God. So there should be some Word involved. And by the prayer. Where could we find some Word of God? That would be appropriate to speak over your food and your drink. It's it's been there a long time. Is that right? Exodus 23, 25, 26. Thankfully, by the grace of the Lord, Phyllis and I have been doing this for a long time. But we'll say, you know, now actually the Lord added something to us a number of years ago. We actually pray over our food if we're, out, if we're eating out. We pray over our food before they cook it. As soon as the order's turned in and the person's walking back toward the kitchen or punching it in or whatever, we'll say, Lord, thank you. For, uh, for your blessings 
we ask you to direct them in the selection and the preparation and the handling of our food. We call it blessed and sanctified. See, it's sanctified by what? By the Word of God and by your prayer that you're praying right now. And, and oftentimes I'll also say, and Lord, you said, if we'd serve you, you'd bless our bread and water and take weakness and sickness out of our midst. And the number of our days you'd fulfill. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's in perfect agreement with Psalm 9116 with long life. Hear what? Well now, just like when you ate a, a nice meal and you're satisfied, what's another word for that? Full. You, do you want some more? No, I'm satisfied. What's another way to say? I'm full. That's what's supposed to happen before you leave this world. With your years, the years of your life. It, it almost needs to the point where you're fellowshipping with the Lord one morning. And he says, well, do you want to do some more? And you go, Lord, I'm full. I'm satisfied. Have I run my race? Have I finished my course? And if he says yes, and you're satisfied, then you can blow this popsicle stand. You can, you can get out of here. But you don't need to leave with unfinished business. And you don't have to die from one of the devil's devious accidents or violent crimes or one of his stupid diseases. Because I've been redeemed from the curse. Whew. Would this change your life if you really believed it and really received it and proclaimed it on a regular basis? A full life. You know, uh, in Job it talks about you'll, you'll die in a full old age, like as a shock of corn comes in his season. You know, not, not early, not young, when you've gone the full cycle. And people like Abraham, people like uh, different ones, you know, Moses, different ones, it talks about they were aged and full of days and satisfied. Amen. They'd seen it all, done it all, bought the t-shirt, <laughs> or made the t-shirt. Everybody know what I'm talking about. You're not being cut off in your youth or in midlife. Somebody say fullness of days. Full. What enables you to have the fullness of something? It's the blessing power. It's the blessing in your life. Let's look at that another time before we go. Exodus 23. 23, 25, and the NIV this time. 23:25 He said, "Worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take sickness from among you." Does that sound good? Keep going verse 26. "And none will miscarry nor be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan." King James says, the number of your days I'll fulfill. It's the same word that he said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill. Fill, fulfill, same word. Fill it up. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now go to Leviticus. Leviticus 26. You'll, with this in mind, I believe you'll notice 
a real sharp contrast in the blessing and the curse. You know, a lot of times you don't see something until you're looking for it. And so I want you to look for this in the blessing and the curse. I want you to look for fullness and lack. Fullness and empty. Barren. Because from just what we've seen already, what is fullness? That's blessing. What is lack? That's curse. It's not blessing in disguise. Ever. It's curse. Leviticus 26. I just want to point out a couple of verses. We won't try to take the time to cover the whole thing. But what are we looking for? Fullness and blessing. And what else? Lack and curse. Leviticus 26.3, if you walk in my statutes, he said, and keep my commandments and do them, then I'll give you rain in due season. And the land will do what? Yield her increase. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. What does that sound like? Be fruitful, right? And verse 5, and your threshing shall reach. That's a definition of prosperity. Reaching. It'll reach unto the vintage. And the vintage will reach to the sowing time. Now what does that mean? You won't run out. That means you'll have enough money to reach from pay time till the next time you get paid. Or receiving till the next time. You won't run out. You won't have more month than you do money. Or more week than you do money. Running out is not being blessed. That's not the blessing. Coming short, that's not the blessing. What is it? It's a curse. Your threshing shall reach the vintage. Vintage will reach the sowing time. You'll eat your bread. What? 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 That's the very language. To the full. Somebody say to the full. To the full. To the full. You'll dwell in your land safely. Verse 9. He said. For I will have respect to you. And do what? Make you. Fruitful. And what? It's the exact same words. And multiply you. And what else? Establish. What covenant? This is what he spoke to Abraham. This is the same thing he spoke over Adam and Eve. He doesn't change. His plan has always been blessing. Believe in me, trust me, receive from me, obey me, and be blessed, 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 blessed when you go out, blessed when you come in, blessed in your basket, blessed in your store, blessed everything you put your hand to. But now if you're going to reject me, you're going to do your own thing. You're going to think you're smarter than me. Rebel against me. Blaspheme against me. Then there's something else in the earth. What is it? It's the curse. It's the curse. He said, I'll make you fruitful, multiply you, establish my covenant with you, and you shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the full. Excuse me, because of the new. I got ahead of myself. Why would you have to bring some out 
to put the new in. Because it was full. Why would you have to bring the clothes from two seasons ago out of your closet? To have room to put the new ones in. Why? Because it was full. Why you got to pull the three-year-old car out of the garage to make room for the new car? Because it was full of car. Is this the will of God? What else could we call it? The results of the blessing. The blessing. The power to make productive. The power to make fruitful. The power that multiplies so that it fills up. With every good thing. Is it God's will for the churches to fill up? Hallelujah. 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 For all of everything you need. Your accounts. Your everything you use to minister and to bless. To fill up. For you to be full of the Holy Spirit. For you to be full of revelation. Full of love. Full of joy. Full of peace. Full of money. Full of stuff. All right, full of wisdom. Full of the plan of God. Full of the vision of God. And as the years pass by. There are scores. That the Holy Spirit multiplies. Just like you. That were influenced by you. And to say they're like you. Is you're like him. So it's multiplication. From the original seed. Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now in uh, the 16th verse, this is now into the curse part, that if you won't listen, if you reject God, then the curse will come. And he says, I'll appoint over you terror, consumption, burning ague. It'll consume the eyes, cause sorrow of heart. You'll sow your seed in vain For your enemies will eat it. What will that result in? Lack. You sow your seed. But it's not productive for you. You don't get to enjoy it. Verse 19. The heaven will be as iron. The earth as brass. So it's the opposite. You don't get what your crops need. You don't get what your seed needed. And your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall what? Not yield her increase. Neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. A land that is barren and dried up and unproductive is not a blessed land. It's not experiencing the blessing. It's not blessed in disguise. It's just not experiencing the blessing. You're seeing the curse. And it. In in verse 26. When I've broken the staff of your bread. Ten women will bake your bread in one oven. You only need one oven. For ten people. Because you just don't have enough food. To use more ovens. They'll deliver you your bread by weight. You'll get an allowance of an ounce or two or whatever it is. And you'll eat, but what? You won't be satisfied. What's another word? You won't be full. What is that? 
That's the curse. Tell me the good news about the curse. (laughs) You've been redeemed from not being full, not being fruitful, not increasing. You've been redeemed from that. That's all part of the curse. And he went on to say, it's actually tough to read, both here in Deuteronomy 28, he said, you will get in so much lack that in certain times of siege from your enemy, you'll turn to cannibalism. Now that's cursed, because you've got nothing to eat. How many understand, if we see something clearly demonstrated as the curse, we talked about this early on, what do we know? Two big things we know. There's no way that's God's will for your life. Because he said it's a curse. And if he wants the curse in your life, how can you understand? Because he said that's not his will. His will is for you to obey and believe and get the blessing. And if I obey and believe and get the curse, I'm hopelessly confused. If it's the curse, there is no way it's his will for anybody on the planet to have it. And the other big thing is if it's in the curse, you already told me, if it's in the curse, I don't have to have it. I have been redeemed. Oh, somebody say glory to God. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Oh, praise God. Lift your hands and just begin to thank the Lord. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Oh, thank you, Lord, for redeeming me from lack, from disease, from poverty, from the curse of every kind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I didn't earn it. I didn't merit it, but you gave it to me, and I believe it, and I receive it, and I declare it. I am redeemed. Woo, glory to God. I'm redeemed. I am redeemed. From all the curse of the law. Let me just uh, give you a sprinkling of these. And if you want more, you know, just study and find them for yourself. Uh, They're all through the word. Listen to Psalm 81. He said, uh, I'm the Lord your God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Hallelujah. Psalm 107, 8 said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Does he do it? Does he want you filled right up with goodness? Does he want your life filled with every good thing? Hallelujah. We talk about this often. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. And so your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out. Well, that's running over with new wine. Hallelujah. He said, if you receive the wisdom of God and love it and seek it early, Proverbs 8:18, riches and honor are with me, durable riches and righteousness. I lead, he said, wisdom of God in the way of righteousness that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. I will fill their treasures. He said, if you embrace the wisdom of God, it'll fill up your treasures. Somebody say glory to God. Thanks be to God. 
And God's ultimate plan, and it will certainly come to pass, is that when all these things come to pass and every prophecy is fulfilled, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We're not going to live past that. We can enjoy a foretaste of first fruits of what we're talking about right here, right now in the remaining years of our life on earth, but in throughout the eons to come, we are not going to be involved in bleakness or barrenness. Come on, do y'all believe me? We're not going to be involved in the curse. All you need to be reminded of. Go to Revelation. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me remind you of what's ahead of you. Revelation 22 and verse 1. 22.1, John said, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. We think we've seen some clear water, not yet. Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Verse 2, in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was the tree of life which bare twelve fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. We'll still have healing, hallelujah, for whoever needs it. We, we won't need it, I'll just go ahead and say that. There shall be no more curse. Oh, come on, did you hear that? Huh? There'll be what? We've never been in a place like that. Thank God for the Lord helping us and sustain us. But everything on the surface of this planet is cursed. The very atmosphere, the curse has affected it. And even beyond. It is to the point where from the Lord's perspective it is not salvageable. It has been so affected by the curse that he's going to destroy both the surface of the planet and our atmosphere and everything around it with fervent heat and create a new heavens and a new earth. Hallelujah. Wherein is what? No more curse. That means you can run through the jungle and not step on a thorn. And you won't even get too hot doing it. Or too cold. And if you were to see a lion, you can grab him around the neck. (laughs) Tussle with him a little bit. And animals will no longer be carnivorous. Animals will no longer tear each other apart for food. The Bible said the lion will eat straw like an ox and lie down beside a lamb and not eat him. See, all of this stuff that people call, well, nature, that's the way God created it. Actually, he didn't. It's fallen. The the curse has affected everything. Death is everywhere. We will see flowers that don't die. Trees that don't die. Grass that doesn't die. Hallelujah. No curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. 
Now this is not just talking about the curse of the law. This is talking about all curse. The curse of the fall. This is talking about all curse will be gone. We won't have any curse at all. And so for us, this is as bad as it gets. And by the grace of God, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. And we got the blessing to help us be fruitful and be successful in the next years before we get out of here. Basically, we've got it made. Do it. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, somebody say, I got it made. I got it made. I got it made. I got the blessing of Abraham. I got the name of Jesus. I got the greater one. I got the unfailing word of God. I got all the armor of the spirit. I've been redeemed from the curse. I got the blessing. And after this, I got no curse ever again. Forever. I won't get old. I won't die. Oh, thank God. Stand on your feet, everybody.